Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Scar. I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And coffee. And coffee. Holy fuck, it's early. It's very early. It's much earlier than we normally record. And it's Monday. What were we thinking? (laughs) It's cray cray. Yeah, actually I know what we were thinking because I start my new job tomorrow. She does. She is no longer unemployed. I know. Yay! Um, so hopefully all goes well. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, lots of nights and weekends, but that's okay. Because if I actually like it, I don't think I'm really gonna mind. mind that much. Yeah, exactly. At least you can sleep in. Yeah. She does have to go hunting for some butchy lesbian <laughs> cargo shorts today. I have to wear khakis. I haven't worn khakis since I worked at Papa John's. Papa John's. Yeah, and that was uh 10 years ago? It's been a while. Speaking of weekends, how was your weekend? It was good. We had a little like celebratory good luck to your boobs coming off party to Sugar because she knows she's got her surgery coming up in like a month. Yeah. So we wanted to do a little party for her to celebrate and like just send her off with some oh, good wishes. I got fun. to hang out with Maverick the whole time, so oh. that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we shared some food. I know. You sent me uh, you sent me the pictures. There were a lot of people there. Yeah, I think it was like 30. Damn. A lot of people, yeah. Oh. Because all the technicians came and then people from work and they brought their spouses. Oh. Mm-hmm. Clinton and Harley came. Yeah, with my bestie Mavie. Yeah, um, but it looked like a good time. It was a, it was a really good time. And then we went to dinner at my uh, well, not the whole team, but me and Whitney went to dinner at my parents' house. Tommy. Stepmom made Korean food, and it was awesome. oh yes, because uh, so my stepsisters are half Korean, so Carolyn learned how to make Korean food for them. Oh. And it was delicious. I bet it is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Get, uh, listen, Carolyn, she knows what's up. Yeah. And then, like, she does this thing. And me and my sister Anna make fun of her for it all the time. But she'll be like, yeah, I just made it a little bit different this time. And she says that every single time. <laughs> she's showing off that she's going off recipe. Yes. <laughs> She's like, guess what I did? I changed things up. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get a little spicy today. Okay. <laughs> or she'll be like, we'll like ask her what she did and be like, shit, I don't know. That's her uh, answer for everything. Shit, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. And while you were doing all of that, uh, Dustin and I went up to the in-laws. Oh, yeah, I saw the pictures were really fun. Yeah. Yeah, we went, we did some shopping and we sat out on the dock. Oh, and you got um, that cool ass magazine. Yeah. It's from 1967. I looked at the date on it and it's like three days after my dad was born so that thing is like <laughs> almost it's almost 56 years old yeah yeah uh but it features richard speck who oh, i forgot the nurse, about the nurse killer yeah i totally forgot all about him so we're gonna have to cover that one since we have the only thing i really know about him is that he really loves his sweets kind of like me oh yeah man loves loves his candy oh mm-hmm. why do you <laughs> I was listening to a <laughs> podcast on him before, and I, that's oh. just the one thing that I remember is that he likes sweets. Oh, So that's how cops got him to talk, is they would bring him, like, candy and snacks and stuff like that. Because oh. I think, I want to say he was a truck driver or something where he was on the road, so he would stop and get snacks all the time. Interesting. So that's the one thing I remember. Okay. Yeah, but we'll, we'll have to cover him. I totally forgot all about him. Uh, but we got it from this really cool uh, local, it's kind of like a bookshop mixed with a coffee place. That's cool. It's real small, um, but I'll have to post the pictures, because you you go upstairs and you feel like you've walked into like your grandmother's attic like it's so there's shit everywhere 
and it's all different. No two books are the same. So I'll have to post those pictures because it's really cool. I think it's called Sugar. I think it's called Sugar Island, if I'm That's not mistaken. Cool. Yeah, named after you, Sugar. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got that magazine. I got this cool uh, cookbook and. Uh, fuck. I don't know. They have a bunch of cool shit there. I want to own everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, speaking of wanting to own everything, I'm going to tell Alex a story Uh-oh. about a lady named Stacy Caster. Stacy. Stacy. She's spicy. Every sp- every Stacy I know is spicy. <laughs> Uh, well, she's she's something. She's definitely something. Uh, so, this episode, we're going to Weed Sport, New York. Is it Weed Sport or <laughs> Weeds Port? I don't know. It's like PetSmart. Pet like, is it Pet <laughs> Smart or is it Pets? <laughs> Mart. Yeah, there's no way to know. Uh, but we're going to New York, and Weed Sport is a little city with a population of like 1,800. And fun fact, this has literally nothing to do with the story. But I looked up the demographics, and according to the 2000 cen- census, the population is 100% white. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So out of the Stepford Wives. Yeah, out of 1,800 people. Um, yeah. So, so Weedsport is just outside of Syracuse. It's a little suburb, and it's just the kind of place where folks get married, have a couple kids, live a modest life. Oh, it's like Monk's Corner. Yeah, nothing too crazy going on out there. So, a little background on our girl Stacy. She was always the little kid asking why. She always wanted the reason behind everything, and because I said so was never a good enough answer. Hmm. And apparently, she was only allowed to ask why three times a day whenever she was a little girl. That's not enough whys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I still ask. Like, I ask too uh, many questions. You're like, why? Uh, I know. Um, and little Stacy aspired to be a paralegal or a lawyer and was on track to do so, but this is not the direction that Stacy's life would go in despite her potential at a young age. Oh, Yeah. Sorry, Stace. Uh, we don't. Oh. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to jump ahead quite a bit to Stacy's adult life, specifically to her life with her second husband, David Castor. Okay. And David owned his own HVAC company. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he was super good at it, and his, like, particularness and attention to detail made him a great fit for the job. Yeah, you can't really be fucking up people's AC. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, and David's son, from a previous marriage, David Jr., recounts that David Sr. liked to do everything in a very certain way. For example, if something is off by like barely an eighth of an inch or something or it wasn't exactly level he'd start all over oh shit yeah like he was a perfectionist which i can appreciate yeah i like that sucks for david jr Uh, yeah (laughs) a lot of pressure to be perfect there Uh, But no, David was a great dad. Um, And he was also very outdoorsy. Uh, He had a four-wheeler, a boat, and a snowmobile. Oh. Yeah. Like, (laughs) four-wheelers are so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he had a lot of uh, outdoor stuff. Um, He loved being in nature. He was super handy, outdoorsy. And by all accounts, he was a great man, a great father, and a great husband. That's awesome. Yeah. for you, David. Yep. So. One in a million. I know. So this HVAC company that David owns is actually where David Castor meets Stacy. Because she was an employee of his. Oh, I was like, is he, was he fixing her AC? Yeah. Her, uh, <laughs> take, taking a look under the hood? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but they hit it off and they were married in 2003. Cool. Yeah. And this was David and Stacy's. It was both of their second chance at happiness and love. They'd both been previously married and everyone in their life was like full on rooting for them and for this marriage to work out. That's awesome. So they liked him as a couple. That's good. They were good together. And good chemistry. Yeah. So all is well, the Castor household until David Sr father passed away. So Stacy Castor's father-in-law okay. passed away. Were they close, I guess? Yeah, they were super close. And his death took like a super hard toll on him. And apparently David turned to the old booze 
bottle and started acting out and being like a little erratic. Oh, that's he not just he wasn't taking it well. Let's just go to therapy instead, guys. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's hard to lose your parent no matter what age mm-hmm. you are. That is true. So even though you're older, it doesn't mean it's not shitty. So Stacy and Dave were married in August 2003, and now we're in August 2005, whenever his father passed away. Um, and Dave is starting to really lose it about his father's passing, and Dave decides that he needs a vacation, and this is going to be a vacation for just him and Stacy, so that they can celebrate their second wedding anniversary. Kind of get away from everything and, you know, just relax a little bit. Yeah. Whitney and I did that after uh, my abuela passed. We went to, we had, like, concert tickets, and my dad was like, you know what, no, you should still go, like, yeah. you know, get everything off of your mind. What and concert was it? John Mayer. Oh, shit. <laughs> John Mayer is our jam. John Mayer. Body. No. Is that it? Uh, Body's a Wonderland, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking John Mayer. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to get away and... Yeah, to kind of reset. Yeah, especially if you already had something planned. And if they're like, I don't know, like kind of losing it with each other, not really in tune and on the same page, I feel like that gives them a good chance to kind of reset and get back to things. Yeah, reconnect. Um, but apparently this vacation that he's planned was just not going to work with the kids and their schedules because Stacy has two kids from her previous marriage. Yeah, it's hard to plan a mar- or like a, a vacation around your kids. You kind of have to take the kids with you. Yeah. Are gonna do that, or do it over spring break or summer break, something. Yeah, because they're still go they're on. still younger. Yeah, because you can't just like up and go without you know making sure the kids are taken care of. Somebody's there to watch them. Exactly. Um, okay, so she's got Ashley and Bree from this previous marriage. Mm-hmm. So according to Stacy, there was some disagreements about this vacation that he had scheduled, and David and her apparently had a seven-hour argument in the garage over this trip. That's a whole ass work day. <laughs> Seven hours. I would have just given up after like an hour. Yeah, that's too long. And like, you know what, honey? Never mind. We'll cancel it. We'll we'll circle back and go work. That's way too long to be arguing over a vacation of all things. It's supposed to be like a happy time. Yeah. I, also, how do you plan like plan and schedule a vacation without your spouse? Like, I can't do anything without. <laughs> At least vacation-wise, okaying it with Whitney if she's yeah. the one going too. Yeah. I wouldn't just fucking up and plan a whole ass vacation without her. I know. So I, th- I think he was doing like a one of those spur of the moment, like, uh, let's just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so this argument happened on Friday, August 16th, 2005. So moving forward just a little bit to August 22nd, 2005. And at this point, it's been about a month after David's father's death. And David Castor has locked himself in his shared bedroom of, with Stacy for like two days. He's been in his room for two days now. And during this lockdown, Stacy sleeps on the couch. Is he, like, sick or just trying to get away from her, get some space? Um, well, we don't... Because I get it, but it's two whole days. You're not even coming out to, like, eat or... Yeah. Like, get sunlight, word. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. So, this prompts Stacy to call the police. Um, because Stacy was worried for his mental state and personal safety. Yeah, she's probably like, uh, my husband's inside of there. I can't really hear what's going on. Yeah. Don't know what the fuck he's doing. I need somebody to check on him. Exactly. So this is a Monday, um, and David has not shown up for work, and Stacy tells the dispatcher that two days earlier, David got super hammered drunk off Southern Comfort. Oh, it's our, <laughs> it's our boy Joe Matheny's <laughs> drink of choice. Yeah. So, co. I feel like we've talked about that, like, the past three episodes. I know. <laughs> 
listen, you know, murder victims and murderers all love SoCo. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> too funny. Um, and that David had slept it off all day the next day. And Stacy even said that she put her ear up to the door and could hear David snoring. So here we are. David's locked in his room. He's not coming out. He's missed work. People are, or Stacy is getting concerned. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she's called police. And a deputy shows up to the Castor family home at 4127 Wetzel Road. And Stacy is a nervous wreck. And she's actually waiting outside whenever the officer shows up. So Stacy leads the officer into the house, recounts the whole situation again, and this prompts the officer to break down the locked bedroom door. Oh. And this officer finds a horrifying scene. And Stacy asks the police officers if everything is okay, and he says, no, it's not. And that 48-year-old David Castor's naked, lifeless body is laid across their unmade bed. Didn't she say she could hear him snoring? Yeah, she did say that at some point. Um, so we'll, we'll see where, we'll see where that goes. And Stacy is, cannot handle this. She cannot handle this news. She cannot believe that this has happened. She's losing it. Um, and David's body is laying face down and his head is like in the upper corner side of the bed. Um, and the room is covered in vomit and blood and it's oh. just, yeah. It's, like he was vomiting both vomits and, bl- oh, that's gross. Yeah. It was, smells awful too. How did she not smell that? Exactly. Uh, not to be like, like, not to be that person. Not to be like super dark about it, but, but like, you can smell vomit and blood. <laughs> yeah. Especially blood. I know. So, at this point, Stacy's losing it. She's crying. She's very distraught and she's having a hard time coping with this and like just trying to understand what all has happened. Oh, I'm sure. Stacy. Yeah. So, on the nightstand next to the bed, there's some interesting drink choices. There's a bottle of apricot brandy, Uh-oh. a bottle of cranberry juice. Um, <laughs> do you have a UTI? <laughs> yeah. uh, and two highball glasses, which I'm pretty sure everyone had these glasses. They're like the little shorties with the squares edged. Oh, the ones from Walmart. <laughs> We had those. I think they are from Walmart, but we or had Sears. Them. I think they're from Walmart or Sears. We <laughs> yeah, had them. We definitely had those. Uh, so one of these glasses had just a teeny bit of alcohol left in it, and the other glass was half full of like this bright green liquid. That does not sound like apricot brandy. No. So these are the four drinks that are kind of sitting on the nightstand here. So detectives send the two glasses to forensics for processing, and they learn that one of the glasses, the one with the green liquid, had traces of ethylene glycol. I know what that is. You do? Yes. Why? As soon as you said bright green and ethylene glycol, <laughs> it's antifreeze. Why do you know that? So when I was in fifth grade, not not a boy in my class, but another a boy that was in a different class on my same hall, yeah, uh, brought antifreeze to school and dumped it. Um, so the uh, the thing at Goose Creek was like having Bojangles sweet tea, yeah, and it came in like this big styrofoam like forty ounce cup or thirty two ounce cup. It was a big ass cup, yeah. And he dumped the antifreeze in his teacher's cup. Because antifreeze just tastes like sweet, like yeah. sugary. So he didn't think she would notice, but she noticed that her sweet tea was a little green. And she was like, that's disgusting. What? What the fuck is that? And she opens it up. Yep. So they had to call the cops and all that good Did stuff. Did he get jailed? Uh, I don't know exactly what happened to him. Uh, I know that he was no longer at my school. I think they probably sent him to one of those like fucking Charlie Manson reformatory <laughs> schools. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. The teacher How was a was bitch this kid? though. So, uh, fifth grade, so like 10. Damn, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But that's how I know antifreeze. Yeah, well, so yeah. I get what she's doing here, Miss Stacy. Yeah, learn something new every day. Um, so the main component.
component of, of antifreeze, antifreeze is in this cup, uh, which is toxic if swallowed even in um, like small quantities. Which he would have known because he works with HVAC. She probably just exactly. Got, I'm sorry, whoever you know poisoned David. Uh, yeah, probably just got this shit from his work truck or in the garage. Something. I'm sure he kept that stuff on hand. Oh He's yeah, probably had to use it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. So the coroner determines that David Castor died to drinking a large amount of antifreeze, and the coroner concludes that David has completed suicide. Just like that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Stacy Castor received like two hundred thousand dollars from David Castor's death, and David's will beneficiary had recently been changed from being willed to David Jr. to being willed to Stacy. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, very recently. Um, which Stacy quickly put all this money into home renovations and shopping, and you know. Oh, Stacy's balling out. Yeah. All that other good stuff. So back to where this tragic event takes place in Stacy and David's bedroom. Police find a shotgun under their bed. Why didn't he just use the shotgun? That's quicker than yeah. dying via antifreeze. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Okay. It's, yeah. Oh my god, it's so crazy. And they also find the opened container of antifreeze, and it's like sticking halfway under from underneath the bed, so you can kind of see it as soon as you walk in. So that's under the bed. Also, and why didn't he just drink it straight from the bottle? Yeah. Why are you gonna pour yourself a glass? Because then you gotta drink. <laughs> The disgusting apricot brandy <laughs> mixed with antifreeze? Or, like, yeah, are you, like, taking know. the antifreeze and then chasing it with the brandy? I don't know. Okay, it this doesn't is make, weird. This doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. So, police are like, hold up, wait a minute. If he's got that shotgun under his bed, why is our man drinking antifreeze? Exactly what you just said. Yeah. Because antifreeze would take, like, three days to kill you very slowly and very painfully. Yeah, shotgun just, like, boom. Yeah, it seems like a, a better option here. Once again, not to be too dark. So, antifreeze um, actually causes liver failure if ingested. And it's just, yeah, it's slow, agonizing. It's just, it's not a good way to die. No, it's like a, oh, uh, Eileen who shot herself in the stomach. Yeah. It's like that. It's like, why? No. Do you hate yourself? Uh, so, oh, and also, if you are going to complete suicide, why would you strip down naked first? It's a little suspicious. Why would you do that? It's just weird. You wouldn't. I don't no. think you'd do that. I just thought that was a little odd. So, while searching the home, police also find a turkey baster. <laughs> In the kitchen trash can, and it's just casually laying at the very top of the trash, like just chilling there, just laying there. Oh, the lesbian incubator. <laughs> Yeah, a turkey baster. So weird. Uh, but guess what was ever so slightly inside the turkey baster? Not sperm. It was not. Oh, was it green liquid? It was. It was that same green Suspicious. liquid. Suspicious. Yeah, from the glass on the nightstand. So, um, oh, also, if you drink antifreeze, it only takes like a couple shots before you're dead. Like, it doesn't take much to kill you at all. But it's just going to take forever to kill you. Exactly. So oh. small quantities, yeah, not good. So investigators send this turkey baster to forensic just to confirm that it is, in fact, antifreeze, and it is, but the lab also finds some DNA on the end of the turkey baster, like where the shit goes out or yeah, where comes you squeeze in. The or... juice. Yeah, so there's no other DNA anywhere else on this thing except the tip. <laughs> just the tip? <laughs> yeah, just on the tip. <laughs> just the tip. Yeah, and this DNA belongs to David Castor. Hmm. So, how are you gonna, did he put gloves on? Why are there no fingerprints on this on thing? On the turkey baster. Yeah. And why would you, why would you need a turkey baster to squeeze it into your mouth? You could just sip it from the cup. <laughs> you could just drink or it the from bottle. the bottle you poured. Or the bottle. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Where so you we're at, Stacey? meant to believe that this man completes suicide by turkey baster full of antifreeze, then walks the turkey baster into the kitchen to throw it away, and then goes, gets naked, and lays in bed. Where the hell are you at, <laughs> Stacey? 
Uh, so now detectives are, we're all on the same page here because something's a little fishy. And also, David's ex-wife, Janice, said that there is no way that David Castor would ever take his own life. Just wasn't in his nature, wasn't something he'd be doing. Um, and also, I watched a couple of documentaries on this, and Janice seems like a real nice lady. She seems like a real sweetheart. That's good. I know, yeah. So, now the coroner is going back over their finding. And remember, in that 911 call that Stacy made, she said that David was completely wasted and that she was afraid that David had passed out drunk. But... But this was untrue because his blood alcohol content was zero. Oh, like none at all. None at all. No alcohol at all. So, back to the forensics. The lab tests both of the drinking glasses that were on the nightstand. And David's DNA was on the rim of both glasses, but his fingerprints were only found on the glass that had the alcohol in it. So he probably just had a drink and went to bed. Exactly. But guess whose fingerprints are on the other glass that had the green liquid? Oh, I'm gonna say, uh, Stacy? Yeah, it was Stacy's. So, David's finger prints are not on this glass and it's kind of hard to drink from a glass without touching it yeah <laughs> Uh, it's kind of <laughs> unless you're difficult. doing one of those unless you're doing one of those shots where you just pick it up with your mouth uh, and drink throw it, or, it back <laughs> or if he's got a straw but there's no straw on that glass yeah there's no nothing it's so stupid okay so back to the scene in the bedroom uh, remember the little bottle of antifreeze oh it's not a little bottle it's a big bottle um, that's poking out from underneath the bed mm-hmm. and there was vomit everywhere yeah well that bottle was on top of the vomit there was no vomit on the antifreeze bottle itself we're just gonna assume that that bottle was placed there after he already drank it after but how did he vomit under a bottle Exactly. Like, what? Oh my god. This lady's so stupid. Which is fine. Stay stupid, but still. Oh, I'm glad you're stupid. Yeah. So, they bring Stacy in for questioning, and she is a terrible actress. <laughs> She's really not good at this whole being interrogated thing. And one of the first questions detectives asked was, do you know what the thing is in antifreeze that will kill someone? And she just casually says, like Alex, as if everyone knows. <laughs> I'm <it's-> just weird. <laughs> She says, it's ethyl glycol. Why would anyone know that? Well, she was probably watching an episode of Snapped. She Uh, learned it from there. uh, Well, we're going to get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, And she also inexplicably... called it Annie Free the whole time? Instead of Annie Freeze? Yes. Okay. She was leaving off the Z. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, Stacy. I don't know what we're doing here, Stacy. Oh, god damn it. Okay, so Stacy also offers up that her husband David and her had conveniently just watched a true crime documentary together in which a Georgia woman named Lynn Turner killed both of her husbands, Glenn Turner and Randy Thompson. Twice. Husbands. <laughs> husbands. Plural. plural. Yeah. And she had done this by injecting Annie Freeze into jello and then feeding it to her husbands so that it would kill them and she could collect on the insurance money. Well, I mean, antifreeze is green and she could have injected it into some and green lime, jello. Green jello. It, they would never have known. Yeah, it kind of looks like jello, not to give her credit, but that's not S- a terrible idea. Smarter than what Stacy did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and apparently, this Lynn lady had been asking around trying to find the best way to kill her husbands and she had visited an animal shelter and asked how they put down stray animals and they said antifreeze. I feel like that's not true that can't be true that's miserable you're like torturing a poor animal yeah don't they just use the they just i don't know what it is i don't know what it is but it's a shot but it's not fucking antifreeze no it just stops their heart and then they they die slowly yeah i thought that was really strange um okay so this is a weird comment on its own like just unsolicited like oh by the way we watched this true crime documentary together why are you gonna bring that up (laughs) 
is, but it's even weirder because Stacy had a first husband die in unusual circumstances. Oh, she didn't just get divorced? He died? <laughs> he did not. He did die. Oh my god, it's so crazy. Oh, Alright, so, um, and from this previous marriage, she's got the two kids, Ashley and Bree. Okay. So, five years prior, January 11th, 2000. Aw, that's my anniversary. It is? Yeah, January 11th, not 2000, because I would have been like six, but January 11th. <laughs> Ah, it's a good date. I like it. One, one, one. Uh, okay. So Stacy's first husband of 12 years and father of their two daughters, Ashley and Brie, uh, Mike Wallace, passed away at 38 years old. And apparently Mike Wallace was like larger than life. He was always alive for the party, a very generous person. If you needed it and he had it, it was yours. All around good guy. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. So Stacy and Mike had gotten married whenever Stacy was 17 and Mike was 22. And in later interviews, Stacy stated that within five minutes of knowing Mike, she knew that they were going to get married. Homie, you were 17. Which is a little crazy. You're, um, you're, you're just infatuated. So, whenever Mike passed away, there was no autopsy. Mike was 38 and Stacy was 33. And they'd been married for, like, a long time at this point. Yeah, 16 years. Yeah. And Stacy was at Mike's bedside saying that he had a bad heart and was suggesting that Mike had had a heart attack. And the doctor is just like, yeah, it, it was definitely a heart attack. No autopsy? <laughs> no. <laughs> What? I mean, she just offers up that... Oh, he had a bad heart. Yeah, he just... That damn heart of his. And the doc's like, you're right. Probably you're right. heart attack. <laughs> so crazy. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, so, Mike's family really wanted an autopsy performed, duh. But Stacy insisted against it, and since she was the next of kin, she had the final say in what was gonna go on here. Um, and he was 38. I feel like any time there's a suspicious death, if you don't get an autopsy done... That's suspicious. That's suspicious as fuck. <laughs> And, I mean, he the worst thing he'd ever been hospitalized for was a hernia. Nothing heart-related. Nothing at all. Nothing in his medical records suggested that he had heart problems. So, yeah. why, why are we saying that it's a heart attack, Mr. Doc? I, I don't know. So crazy. So, oh, goodness. So, Stacy, oh, this is a little fun fact. Stacy used Mike's life insurance money, the 50K, to shop and take her her and the girls, Ashley and Bree, to Disney. Happiest place on earth. After you kill your husband. After she killed her husband. And their father. And their, the kids, the kids' daughter. <laughs> or fun. Yeah. The kids' fathers. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, with all this new information, Stacy's got two dead husbands, and detectives are growing suspicious and decide to tap Stacy's phone lines and keep surveillance on her to see if she's doing anything unusual. I love when they tap people's phone lines. I know. I love a good uh, private investigation. 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 No, what's the word? Recon? No. Stakeout. Stakeout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it. Um. Okay. So, in the meantime, authorities get Mike's medical records, and his records don't show anything about this previous heart thing at all. Because he didn't have one. Because he didn't have one. It was made up. Oh, also... <laughs> This is super creepy. Stacy had Mike and David buried right next to each other at the cemetery. And she mentions herself on both headstones. R.I.P. to my husband that I killed. Wait, was she going to be like in the middle of them? Yes. Oh my god, slot, no. for lack of a better word, is in between the two of them. It's crazy. Oh, and also her birthday is July 24th, which makes her a, a Leo. Leo. <laughs> Leo's, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is so wild. Okay, so now investigators want to exhume Mike's body to see what they can see. Okay. So even though it's been five years, coroners know that if Mike was in fact poisoned by antifreeze, they'd be able to see these leftover crystal deposits in his kidneys. Hold up. These are only five years apart? Yes. Stacy. Yeah. My girl. That was in 2000. No, there, 2000. There's this thing called uh, divorce attorneys. <laughs> 
if you're tired of your husband, you could just get a divorce. You could just get a divorce. And you could probably take half his money. Yeah. If we're being honest here. Yeah. If he's being an alcoholic and, you know, depressing, you can just yeah. take half his money. I know. You don't have to kill them. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so it's been five years, but they know that they'd see these little crystals in his kidneys if he was, in fact, poisoned by antifreeze. And in September of 2007, Mike Wallace's body is exhumed and the medical examiner finds these crystals in Mike's body. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So this bitch, this bitch is crazy. She's killed two husbands now. Fucking shit. <laughs> so they got her. They basically got her. Okay. So police are about to go arrest this bitch for murdering not one, but two husbands. Uh, but in the meantime, Stacy calls Ashley and Ashley uh, is freaking the fuck out. Ashley says that the police have shown up at her college and Ashley is scared and doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And this is Ashley's first day of college. Day one. Hold on. Why are the police showing up at college to talk to her? <laughs> like, just call her and say, please come to the station after school. I know. I thought that was weird. It's like, very why? strange. Like, you're just going to freak the girl out. Maybe that's what their plan was. They're like, let's freak this girl out and see if she turns on her mom. Yeah. Maybe they thought know. she knew. That's very, it's possible. I mean, about the second one. She probably didn't know that her mom murdered her actual dad, but she may have known something about the second one. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Ashley's had a long day at her first day of college. Um, what a and fucking then... day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Stacy called her, and Stacy actually invites Ashley over for a drink, because all the stress, all the things that have been going on, and Ashley's like, uh, yeah, I would love to have a drink with my mother. Yeah. Sure. Calm down. Yeah. They're going to get some mother-daughter time together, and here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so... So dispatch gets another phone call and it's Stacy and this time she's calling in to say that she thinks that her daughter Ashley is ODing on pills. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. And also on this 911 call, Stacy says that quote, Ashley left a note. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is not happening. End quote. Stacy, my girl, you need to take some acting classes. Once a I was going to say once again, she's being a bad actress. <laughs> terrible. She's being real bad. Ah, uh, so this is not a good situation. So paramedics arrive to find Ashley, like, barely holding on to life. They show up, and next to 20-year-old Ashley is this type note, and an empty bottle of sleeping pills, and an empty bottle of Absolute. Party. Party. <laughs> oh my god, and Alec, this note is bonkers. It's completely bonkers. So I can't read the entire thing, because it's super long, and has so many grammatical errors, and there's zero punctuation, which you know how I feel about zero punctuation. Also, like, she's a college student. Uh, she would have known how to write a letter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So this note is 750 words long. I feel like that's really long. That's a long note. Uh, okay. It's, yeah. Uh, but it starts out with mommy. Ew. Okay, no child at 20 years old she's still 20. calls her mom. She's mommy. Not, she's no. not going to call her mommy. Uh, and she actually refers to Stacy as mommy throughout. It's really gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. So the note basically says that she, Ashley, is sorry that all of this has happened and that she, Ashley, killed her first husband, Mike, because he was being abusive. And then she had to kill David because they were kind of in the same cycle with him being abusive and the drinking and the blah, blah, blah. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Oh, man. But guess what else was in the letter? <laughs> oh, I just can't wait. Uh, she referred to antifreeze as antifree. Hmm. That doesn't which is, sound suspicious. Which is what Daisy called it. Like, okay. what are we... <laughs> Stacy, girl, like, what are we talking about here? Uh, and also, Ashley was 12 whenever her father, Mike, died. Are we really to believe that a 12-year-old girl murdered her father with antifreeze? Like, that's so sneaky and sinister. Like, yeah. what? No, there's no way she did that. No. 
Oh my god. So, Ashley's younger sister, Bree, was actually the one who found Ashley unconscious, and Bree had instructed their mother, Stacy, to call for help. And Ashley had, like, ten more minutes of going untreated before she would have died. So, go, like... Go baby sister. Yeah, good job. Uh, because that, that would have that been bad. Stacy would have killed you next. Yeah. So, Ashley wasn't doing well. Her heart rate had been, like, 170 beats per minute. Oh. She had been unconscious for a few days. It wasn't good. But, Ashley finally comes to a few days later, and she wakes up to detectives just, like, grilling her. She wakes up from being unconscious, and the detectives are just like, how'd you do it? What did you mean by the note? How many pills did you take? What did you do? And Ashley's like, what the fuck? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she says that the last thing she remembers was having a drink with her mother. I'm sorry, the cops actually believed that motherfucking note. (laughs) That is ridiculous. Like... You're stupid. It is ridiculous. Like, I don't know if they really believed it or if they were just doing their, their thing. due diligence. I don't, I don't, know. don't fucking know. So now, detectives need to be like 100% certain that Ashley did not type this letter. So they send the computer into a computer specialist, and the note had been typed on Microsoft Word. And conveniently, even if you don't save whatever it is you're typing, Microsoft Word will autosave like this weird coded name, because you okay. didn't name it. So. Uh, so, each family member had a different profile on this computer. All the family computer. They had a family computer. I know. I thought that was fun. Um, it turns out that the word application had never been used on Ashley's profile. Just Stacy's. That's weird, considering that she was at college. Well, maybe I guess she had a laptop or did yeah. all her work at college. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird, too. That is very strange, because even if she was in, like, in high school, she would have had to use the computer to write stuff. Yeah. Because 2007? She's, like, my age. Like, I, yeah, I used Word and shit. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. So. I don't know. Okay, maybe she just used her own computer. Who knows? Yeah. It's weird. Um. Okay, so it was just used on Stacy's profile, and there were several drafts of this note that whoever was typing them hadn't been saving. And all of these drafts are timestamped, and the last timestamp was from 2.27 p.m., and that, my friends, was before Ashley's classes let out, where the police were. They yeah. knew she was there because they were there. Yeah. <laughs> they were waiting for her to get out of school. Yeah, so there's literally no way that Ashley could have typed this because she wasn't home because she was at her first day of college. So, when Stacy goes to visit Ashley in the hospital, police are there. And when Stacy steps out to smoke a cig, authorities swoop in and arrest Stacy Castor. Get her. Yeah, for attempted murder of her daughter, Ashley, and the murder of her husband, David Castor. Who murders, or like, tries to murder their own child to and cover up what you did? To cover up two other murders. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, man, it's so crazy. So, it takes two years for prosecution to get enough evidence for a trial against Stacy. Two which years? Which seems like a long time. Because I was watching these documentaries and I was like, this happened so fast. Like, this happened within like a week. No, it took two years. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I know. But she's finally arrested in 2007. And in court, Stacy denies, denies, denies. She denies everything. And Stacy still says, or is claiming that her daughter Ashley had murdered both her father and her stepfather. So Stacy's fate is in the is in the hands of the jury at this point. I don't think when you try to attempt to murder your child to cover up what murders you committed, it's going to sit really well with the jury. No, it's not. Uh, and in court, we learned that Stacy got a $50,000 payoff for Mike's death, first husband, and around 200000 in total in cash and assets from David's death, second husband. Okay. Yep. Good bit of cash. Yeah. Uh, still not enough to murder both of them. No. Uh, but, you know, not a, not chump change. So, prosecutors think that Stacy was all, well, I got away with it the first time. Why don't I try my luck again and take out David, too? Oh, lovely. It's crazy. What a love story. <laughs> yeah. 
out so investigators believe that Stacy had put a small amount of antifreeze into David's drink on that Friday night, the two days before she called 911. Okay. And that the next day, David was unconscious but still alive, and this annoyed Stacy. Yeah, because she wants this shit to happen fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Stacy tried to get David to drink more whenever he was laying in bed. That's whenever her fingerprints were on the glass, and his were not. And that whenever David couldn't drink it, Stacy got the turkey baster and forced him to drink it. Okay. She she was doing it one way or the other. Yeah, like, you're gonna die, motherfucker. Oh my god, it was so crazy. Uh, so, when Stacy thought she was about to be charged with murder, and the murder of her first husband, Stacy decided she was going to frame her daughter, Ashley, and kill her too. How sweet. <laughs> and then try and make it look like this guilt-filled suicide. What a fucking awesome mother. Yeah. And speaking of mothers, to this day, Judy Eaton, who is Stacy's mother, um, who also has a terrible taste in purple eyeshadow. Purple? <laughs> She's, no, it's not a good look. Um, but she does not believe that Stacy is responsible for these crimes and that Ashley did, in fact, kill both Mike and Dave. So the delusionality <laughs> comes, I think that's a word, comes from, comes from, it's genetic. It comes from, her, yeah, like, these it, bitches crazy. Crazy. Oh my god, so wild. So, Ashley later recounts that she was extremely tired after having that one drink of the vodka OJ and Sprite, and that it didn't even taste very good, and that she went to bed, like, almost immediately after this one drink, um, and that if her younger sister, Bree, hadn't found her passed out in the room the next morning, Ashley probably would have died, too. I wonder, like, how, like, if you're Ashley, like, imagine that, like, your dad's dead, your mom killed him. Yeah. Your mom just killed your stepdad, who you probably liked. Yeah. And then she just tried to kill you. And <laughs> And your grandma thinks that thinks she that did you, it. Thinks that you did it. <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh man, it's so it's it's delusional. It's crazy. So the jury does not buy Stacy's story at all. They deliberate for four days and bye. She's guilty and sentenced to fifty-one and one third years. One third. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 25 years for both Mike and David, and 18 months for forging David's will. Oh. Yeah. Because that, remember, she switched it right at the last, mm -hmm. yeah. right at the last second. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and Stacy would have been eligible for parole in 2055 at the age of 87. I hope she gets stomach cancer. <laughs> uh, she doesn't make it that long, um, but we'll get there. So, the judge wrapped everything up by saying, you're not just a danger to society, you're a danger to the people who love you and are closest to you. Yeah. Terrifying. And DA William Fitzpatrick is quoted as saying, if there is a ceiling in terms of evil, she is at that ceiling. Yeah, Talking about Stacey. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and DA Fitz, uh, he's very, he's a passionate dude. And I watched the first documentary and I didn't really like him. But then in the second documentary I watched, he like, it showed him like grilling Stacy. And I mean, he was, he was getting it. Good. He was yelling. He was hell yeah. He was gonna get her. It was yeah. So I like D.A. Fitz. Um okay. And D.A. Fitzpatrick also suggested. Oh, this is crazy. That Stacy might have murdered her own father, Jerry Daniels. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did mom think about that? <laughs> yeah, she didn't have anything to say about that. Um, but her father died February 22nd, 2002, and he had died shortly after Stacy visited him whenever he was in the hospital where he was admitted for a minor breathing issue. And that Stacy's first husband, Mike's family, believes that Stacy might, might have killed her father because Stacy had brought an open can of soda in for her father to drink in the hospital. And Stacy just so happened to be the executor of her father's estate, and then he died shortly after. There's no way to know that, that that actually happened, but it definitely coulda. What if her mom killed the dad and then she learned how to kill them or kill her other husbands from, from her mom? Because her mom also thinks that the daughter did it. So what if... Yeah. Plot they, twist. They both sound delusional. That could oh be it. Oh, God. Ah, the 
That's so crazy. Uh, but yeah, there's no way to know, but I, I like that theory. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right, so Ashley Wallace, the daughter that Stacy tried to murder, uh, had zero contact with Stacy after the trial, and Stacy Castor claimed innocence until she died at the age of 48 on June 11th, 2016. That's really young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think we know what happened. I guess she just died from being a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll eat you alive. Yeah. So, Stacy Castor never once apologized for her crimes. She never admitted guilt, and she actually had these really, like, horrible blue teddy bear tattoos that were in remembrance of her two deceased husbands. That she killed. So weird. Yeah. I guess she got those in prison. Very strange. Okay. Oh, and David's son from that previous marriage with Janice, David Jr., had his father's final resting place moved far away from Stacy. Oh, thank God. <laughs> in 2016. Yeah. Um, and he got this super sleek headstone. Uh, it was actually pretty cool looking. It was jet black and etched in white, and in the four corners it has a four-wheeler, a snowmobile, a motorcycle, and a Dodge Challenger. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because these are all the things he loved in life. So, um, and quick little ending here with Ashley and Bree. They're both super good friends with D.A. Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's awesome. I know. And Ashley actually asked him if he'd walk her down the aisle at her wedding whenever she gets married. That's cute. I know. That's really sweet. Um, and sometime in 2022, uh, I couldn't find the exact date, um, she got engaged. So hopefully that wedding happens soon if it hasn't happened already. That's awesome. I know. I hope there's no antifreeze at the wedding. Oh my God. Or anything green. Or jello. Colored. Yeah. No SoCo at the bar. Just, yeah. <laughs> no SoCo. So yeah, she's killed two husbands. Possibly tried to kill her, her daughter. Dad. And possibly her dad. If the mom, the grandma didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not convinced. And she, I mean, she claimed innocence till the day she died. And she just had this real matter of fact. It was Ashley. She fucking did it. And she's full of shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. It was real crazy to, to watch her talk about it as if she was talking about taking out the trash. Um, but I got some fun facts Ooh. to lighten our mood. Uh, remember what kind of alcohol bottle was found in Ashley's room? Yep. Vodka. Vodka. What kind of vodka? Oh, absolute. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolute. Uh, so here are some fun Absolute facts for you. Absolute was created in 1977, and the little old guy on the little silver label thing is the company's founder, Lars Olson Smith. It's a cool name, Lars. Yeah, I love that. It takes exactly two pounds of winter wheat to create a single bottle of Absolute vodka. I feel like that's a lot. It does sound like a lot. Um, and each square meter of these wheat fields makes one kilo of harvested wheat, which translates to one bottle of tasty, tasty luxury liquor. Cool. Yeah, Absolute is a sustainable company and each bottle is made with 40% recycled glass and the short round bottle that it's packaged in is supposed to represent an old-timey medicine bottle. I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that's that pretty, fun? That's pretty dope. Because that's really the only one that looks like that. Yeah. It's very squat. But now that makes sense now that why they make it look like that. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's that. I'm going to go to the store and not buy some antifreeze. <laughs> hate it so much. We actually have antifreeze in our uh, laundry room because I had to fill up my car because I was low. So, yeah. I'm going to ask Whitney if she plans on using that to murder me. Yeah. I just want to throw that away. Yeah. Let's just remove that from the <laughs> Let's get that out of there. Oh, man. Well, thanks for hanging out, Alex. I appreciate it. Thanks for not poisoning me. <laughs> Anytime. <Yeah. laughs> Alright. Well, we'll see you next week. Ooh, real quick. We have an Instagram. Yes. Before we say bye. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, I think it's hashtag murder pod. Yep. At hashtag spell out the word murder pod. Okay. All right. Cool. I don't know how Instagram works. <laughs> I'm slowly figuring it out. Uh, oh, and also if you enjoyed this and you like our show, give us a five star review. Yeah, preferably five uh, and share it to all your friends. Cause not four and a half. <laughs> the more followers and people that listen to us, uh, the more, the more we can do. 
what the more we can do. And we really want to improve our equipment, so maybe we'll soundproof this closet. Yep, we can make it better for you, our yeah. listeners. And if you have any suggestions on cases that you would like to hear, message us on the pod, and we will take them into account and do some research for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I love it. All right, well, thanks for hanging out. Love well, you. Bye. bye. Don't murder your husband. Go to therapy instead. Maybe get a divorce. I don't know. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. One of these glasses. No. So. (laughs) I don't know what I did different. Or what the hell? I don't know what that means. Um, and blah, 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 blah. So, Ashley's on gear. <laughs> Yinga, Yinga. <laughs> Coffee makes you burp? Everything makes me burp. Oh. Even if I was drinking water right now, I'd be burping, burping all over the place. Uh.